So what's up? Not a whole lot. I just got back from uh, touring the place that I'm going to be living next year, which is exciting. Walking around the neighborhood and stuff. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, got to meet the people who lived there before and, you know, no, no ginormous morning flags there, which is always exciting. Hell yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, we're just moving to a different place. We we have lived here for three years. It's all, all always, you know, encouraging when they don't like, oh, yeah, we're we've lived here for one year and now we're gone. Yeah, I've, I've yet to move into a place that was not a one year stint for someone, except for when I moved into my parents' house this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've lived here for just one year. The, the place we lived previously was uh, two years. And, you know, we, we like this place. It's just you know, not where, not where we want it to be. Right. Right. How about you? How's your day been? Uh, good. I, last summer I helped my dad build a deck and now this spring and summer, I, well, this spring I have helped my dad put a railing on the deck. That was, mo- that, that was most of my weekend. Um, mm-hmm. I did that for like five hours yesterday, then four hours today. Oh God. Uh, yeah, it was good old manual labor. You know what? Honestly, I kind of liked it. Like I having a like being able to just like stand on something that was like the something that I helped build. I get the same kind of sense of euphoria that I get from using my computer that I put together with my own two hands. The mm. the motherfucker that I built. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like just standing on a thing that I helped build is it's it's pretty sweet. I have to say it. Yeah, level one is cook a meal. Level five is build a computer. Level one hundred is build a deck. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> this is this is the next ad campaign for ebony you y'all listening <laughs> <laughs> fuck that shit where you're pulling keys and shit out of like tower puzzles to make lava fall on an orc or something now it's now it's build a computer then build a deck <laughs> home depot who 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 are you who are you talking to yeah, Home Depot, come on, Home Depot, come on. Zynga is not going to fucking make this happen. you got to come to a real app maker, me, <laughs> who's written maybe 200 lines of code in her life. Oh, hell yeah. That's, that, I mean, that's enough. Yeah, exactly. That's enough to make an app. How much is the, fla- yeah. how, many, how many lines of code is in Flappy Bird? Uh, yeah, easily that much. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, you know, if, if you've written, you know, a million lines of code and deleted you know, um, a million and one lines of code. That's that's just efficiency. Exactly. You've written you've written negative one line of code, and that's that's something special. Not many people can say that. Rating, everyone it's your number one podcast in america uh i'm sarah and i'm joined this week by friend of the podcast joe yeah, hello hello hi joe uh introduce yourself to the listening audience what you what your history with horror movies is if you have a favorite subgenre go ahead and hit us all with all those uh i'm joe uh i my history with horror movies is is pretty limited honestly um <laughs> I, I think the the one um kind of 
highlight would be the time that I uh, invited a girl I was into in high school over to watch Alien to do the not at all cliche thing of uh, put arm around person that when scared of and it totally worked. Um, but aside from that, um, I, I haven't watched many movies lately because of the ADHD. Um, but, uh, you know, horror movies has never been, you know, a, a genre I've avoided specifically. It's just that movies are long. Um, but movies within, are long. Yeah, yeah. With within horror, I don't like I said have, haven't watched really enough to to know a, a subgenre uh, or or which ones I I enjoy. But um, yeah. Uh, and this week we watched John Office Man's A Quiet Place. Yeah, which yeah, is. We sure did. Uh, so I, I know that, that horror movies generally, like, the the kind of thing about them is that they are talking about something else, even though they're talking about, you know, one thing like, oh, you know, uh, uh, um, It Follows is it's about the scary monster, but actually it's about STIs. Well, but, I would push back. On, I mean, I, so yes, yes. I, I, it follows is about. I, I think I don't think to say it's about sexually transmitted infections is uh, an incorrect read, but I think there are places to like build on that. I think it. I think it as an STI is like. I think more more than that, it is much more about like the sexual the, the trauma of sexual assault more than anything. But that's not mm. the movie that we're here to discuss today. This is me splitting hairs over something. We can like it. It, it is. It is both of those things. I don't know why sure. I decided to pick a fucking fight about that one, but go on. Either way, this is this is a movie about a monster, and and that's it. That, and that th- it's a good movie about a monster, you know. Insofar as like, well, it, it seemed well paced and well executed to me. The you know jump scares were decent, but uh, it's about that, and that's what it's about. I thought that this movie was okay. So we're gonna have some conflicting viewpoints because I thought this movie was pretty bad, honestly. Oh, I okay. I we'll we'll definitely we'll get into more of the shit of it, but like I I thought it was like competently put together. The edit like nothing really was like I've definitely seen worse movies. I've talked about worse movies on this podcast, but like I just felt so underwhelmed by all aspects of this, and I think because this movie was such a commercial success was mm-hmm. a major reason that I felt so surprised when I hated it as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think that's kind of what I was... It, it's competently put together, whether or not it's, like, a good film. Uh, I I don't know if I would argue that much. And I... I there's just... Sorry, I, I finished watching this movie last night, and I'm still processing it. And the thing is that, like, the, the version of this movie that I watched did not have subtitles for any of the sign language. Oh, which, no. Well, the thing is, I thought that was a really good creative decision until someone pointed out to me that I was probably just missing a subtitle track. Yeah. At which point I realized, oh, okay, so they're just, okay. Yeah, it, um, it says in the in the Wikipedia page, it talks about that, about how they, they started kind of making the movie with that kind of intention. Like, they, they wanted to make a movie, you know, simple enough uh, dialogue-wise that that would work, but there was, you know... a complex you know conversation at some point and they ended up putting putting subtitle tracks in so like maybe you could get some distance in the movie without the subtitle track honestly honestly i felt like i got most of the way there about like i i I might have been like missing some like individual characterization like the thing is that like all of the actors in this movie are competent to some degree that they don't really need their words to express to like get the things across like Mm -hmm. it's it's i did not feel 
out of my depth watching this movie without the subtitles for the sign language. And I, right. I don't know very much. Like, I know a couple of things. I know hello, I know thank you, I know a couple of like very simple conversational things. But like, I felt that this movie really actually, with a little bit more legwork, I think this movie really could have gone the distance as far as like not subtitling the sign language could have. Mm-hmm. They could have. I think they could have gone with not subtitling the sign language. Yeah, I think there was like one or two like technical conversations that like pushed them towards uh, captioning everything. But aside from those, you you pretty much like and and they you know lip read and 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 mouth what they're sure saying they, as they well yeah along, they do yeah they so do that, that and they also will like they they. They also like the 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 child the child the children specifically I think put a lot of emotion into their signing like I think that John Krasinski and Emily Blunt are doing from from like from what I understand they're doing like a passable job of signing like they're doing better than Ruby Rose did in mm-hmm. John Wick two mm-hmm. um, but I think the kids actually did like a really genuinely good job at it like I felt like a lot of emotion was conveyed through the way that they signed like especially the sister I felt like yeah. she was really really good and yeah and, and she's to, yeah yeah she's she's deaf uh, from I think like. 10 months old or something like that and like is fluent in sign and they brought you know interpreters along to to help help her um you know communicate on set and teach all of the other actors sign and stuff like that the again we're gonna get into the whole plot of everything but like the i, I kind of want to talk about a big thing that i'm fine that i found really left out of this movie was that mm-hmm. i thought that the girl the the child actress who's playing like the 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 deaf child is i thought she was really good in this movie I felt like all she got to do was just be a prop of like, oh, a deaf character in a horror movie. Because like the mm-hmm. thing is that I wanted to see like like we we start this movie like what seventy days, eighty days into the everything. Yeah, day eighty nine. Yeah, and like this would be still pretty early on, and I think that like th- this family obviously would have been using sign language because of the, the because of her presence in the family, like you know, in order to accommodate her. Mm-hmm. But I think there was a lot of things just like. Uh, just like uh, a lot of things left untapped that could have been like, okay, she has spent her entire life relying on this as a primary form of communication. And now everyone else in her family is getting used to that. Also, everyone else in her family is like constantly looking for places when they can like actually just like talk. Like we see John, we see John office man and his son go to like that waterfall to have a conversation. Like it feels Mm -hmm. like they are living in pursuit of places where they can talk and go back to being normal. And I feel like the fact that there is, like you've still got this like i i just feel like like the the, the a, a deaf child would like i felt like there was no emotion to her character like no consideration to that given to her character when they wrote this movie like it does yeah. not feel like this character is like grappling with any of that it just kind of feels like she is present to be like just to, to a, have a have deaf the, child yeah to, to fuel the reason that the, the family can you know talk to one another yeah that, that's a good point I, I was kind of interested going into this movie i'm i'm deaf in one ear um and so like i i can you know hear hear totally fine as far as like volume but directionality for for hearing i'm i'm screwed on um but mm-hmm. a, as a result of that uh my mom wanted me to you know learn at least some basic signs just in case the worst happened and i lost uh hearing in the other ear um and so, and as as part of that, and as part of um, kind of just my own research, I know a little bit about um, the deaf community and how kind of cochlear implants are a a controversial thing in the deaf community. Yeah, because, that also because yeah, like the, the the idea being that if you get a cochlear implant, first of all, getting a cochlear implant is not like boom now you can hear fine. It you have right. to like 
trained to be able to, to use it properly. Right, because um, it's a muscle that's just been sitting in atrophy your entire life. Like, you're not just going to uh, Your muscle, your, your brain, your nerves. Um, exactly. And, and, and also, the, the cochlear implant itself does not perfectly replicate sound. It Like, it's spiky at a certain, you know, a, a couple of um, frequency bands. So it doesn't, it doesn't actually replicate what what normal undamaged hearing is it it um it gives you an ability to have a conversation but it's it's not the same um and, and so yeah the, the the way that they kind of just skipped over that by by saying okay yeah she's got a cochlear implant and this is an established way that this family communicates yeah that that is a, a missed opportunity i think right i i like like i was saying i just kind of felt like she was like like it, 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 it just felt like her character was just like her presence is like as I, I don't I don't want to say it was weaponized disability because it was mm. more like 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 it's it's I I guess kind of weaponized disability in the same way that it would like you know if you like if there was a monster who was super weak to their like toes being run over with a wheelchair or something yeah yeah like it. I don't know. It just it just kind of hit me weird that this child's presence did not really feel built into this. Story. Like the other the the son like and she's she's there as like she has like a story. She has character. She feels really sad about the death of her brother mm-hmm. and like other things. But like this aspect of her, I felt like the only I felt like the only difference between the, the, they could have replaced that actor with someone who was just not. They could have just replaced that character with someone who was not deaf and just so happened to be carrying a cochlear implant for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And the story would not really change all that much. And I think, yeah, you're, you're right, because uh, in the production of the movie, so so Jim office did not uh, write the movie originally, but he was brought on to kind of rewrite it and um Direct. And develop it, direct and develop it further, yeah. Um, and when it was originally kind of pitched, um, they were not looking for uh, a deaf actress to mm. to portray this character. He he insisted on on that, and so you know, props to him for for you know giving this this girl some good work. Um, yeah. But at least as as far as how the story was structured, it definitely did not require um, someone uh, uh, the actress being being deaf, whether or not the character yeah. was, yeah. And okay, we should probably get into the movie before I just spend the entire time griping about what this movie should have been. But I sure, have yeah. there. I'm gonna be rewriting this movie a lot during this episode because I mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie is just a fucking mess. Like mm-hmm. it's competently put together, but like I just the vibe of it is so strange. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll get into it though. So yeah, <clears throat> we open with our beautiful bouncing family. We've got we've got John Officeman. We've got Emily mm-hmm. Blunt. We've got uh I let me. I, do they actually say these characters' names at all in this movie? They don't. The the uh, dad character is uh, Lee Abbott. The mother is Evelyn Abbott. The daughter is Regan. Uh, the uh, youngest son is Bo, and the middle son. Oh, did I not write his name down? Uh, uh, Marcus. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the. So the a family thing is of five that, and Jim is not nearly old enough to have a teenage daughter. And that, absolutely that, not. That, that also, very much struck me. Also, like, I, I don't think that they actually, like, point the... Fu- I, I don't think they actually say these names in the movies. So these mm-hmm. names are all, like, postscript. Right. Well, and I think it's... Screenplay. I think it's, frankly, coward shit to, like, have actually given these characters names. Like... Mm-hmm. 
Like, um, I, I recently finished watching, uh, the Tatami galaxy and the protagonist in that is not named in the, in the like actual 11 or 11 or 12 episodes of that show exists. And, and the character is also not named in the script. The character is just referred to as like mm. student or Watashi, uh, in the, when, when talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it could have perfect, like, this is like the smallest thing to actually, well. this is like. I, I'm, I, this is like the smallest thing to get hung yeah, up on. It's but like not the, that the screenplay could could have referred to them as dad, mom, daughter, son, and and it would have been dad, one, mom, I, I guess. <laughs> dad, mom, daughter, son, son two parentheses one scene. Yeah, yeah, son, son two uh, five seconds. <laughs> so so we open with we open with we open with dad, mom, son, daughter, and son two. Son two is they're they're all like scavenging like a convenience store or something, mm-hmm. just trying to yeah. get some shit. Mm-hmm. Um. Son two almost knocks a cool toy plane out of the floor, but uh, uh, sist uh, daughter like slides into ca- uh, into frame on her knees like she's Looking about to do a sick guitar yeah, solo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah catches the space shuttle and prevents it from making yeah. a big noise. I wonder why that could be. Um, and then yeah, they they all gather in the front of the store, and uh, Son two approaches with the with the rocket, and everyone. Uh, acts like he's holding a bomb until Jim office takes the batteries out of the toy. Um, and, and the, and, and he very, very emphatically says to his son, no noises. Uh, sure. Hope that doesn't come up later again. The, the fact that he says that is like, do to what end? Like what, how what? did they get to day 89 without him impressing this upon his son? Like it's, it's I I know why they're doing it. Like I'm not trying to cinema sins here. I know this is right. just like exposition and shit. But also like I think you I could have let that with the way that the next with the name of the next with with you could have left me in the dark for five minutes because it's pretty obvious what happens. For like five seconds, the the they go outside after you know ransacking. Right, the they go outside and and, and, and it, little the, the and newspaper the little, on the ground says it's sound. Like damn, really? Yeah. Um. They they. <sighs> They go onto a bridge and uh, they're almost across it, but then Jim Office Man hears the sound of the space shuttle, the the toy space shuttle going off. He's like, "Oh fuck! Oh shit! My baby, my bou- my beautiful bouncing baby boy! I have to run back and get him." And, um, and one one thing that I actually enjoyed quite a lot is that um, the way that the um, kind of foley and sound uh, changed by which character was being emphasized, like. The, you, you hear, you, you know, you see dad walking across the bridge and you hear sound and him reacting to the sound. And then the camera cuts to um, daughter and she is, you know, blithely acting as though nothing is wrong. She sees her dad react and then uh, turns back and through through that, that shot, um, she, th- th- there's no sound. It, it's kind of like as though it's from her perspective. Right. I, I enjoyed that I think quite a lot. The but. thing the thing is, I did enjoy that, but also they, like, completely do not commit to that bit later on. Like, mm. there are multiple scenes which, like, it, for a moment it appears to be diegetically moving towards the the daughter like it, it, we're like living in the what the daughter's experiencing with mm-hmm. like with her not just with her just not hearing anything yeah and and then it just will suddenly like suddenly music will start playing underneath it or like mm-hmm. just arbitrary like the one at the end where like the there it's like they're they're in the truck in silence and then the monster breaks the glass and then mm-hmm. there's all of a sudden sound is back that made me so fucking mad mm-hmm. yeah like, if if I'm gonna be like very yeah, accommodating to them like yeah the sun was also there so maybe it's like cutting between his sure but like it's but, it's it's yeah. but like the sun yeah. was also there for the two for like the minute prior of the sound cutting out but then the glass right. breaks and then we can all of a sudden hear again it's just 
it, it yeah. feels like it's really just like the it's halfway between I, between a cool choice i ap- i appreciate when they actually go for it with the diegetic sound things mm-hmm. but they also like if this movie did not have a backing score i would like it a lot more i think that the thing i think there's like some of the worst parts in this movie are when there is non-diegetic music playing interesting because yeah, it's, it's, I, it's I, I, I'm it's, not normally like I'm not normally of that opinion, but I just feel like like it just feels so out of place in this movie where the entire the entire focus of everything is about like being as quiet as possible, mm-hmm. and I think having like dramatic like the violin swelling, yeah, like that in the background just feels like so strange. I think this movie is afraid to sit in silence, like it should, like it shouldn't be, and it's it's really frustrating it, it would need to be a much better movie to not have uh have music and yeah i, th- I think that the that thing the be. thing is i i don't think it would need to be a much better movie to not have music i think it would like i think this movie could exist at, like if i would if i were to fucking pull this like if, if john office man were to send me the raw like un unexported like da vinci resolve like file that he edited that that was edited, that this movie was edited into like I think you could just honestly cut the music out and do like some minor editing and you would be a bit better off. It just feels mm-hmm. so strange for the so much of this movie exists in silence and then at the end and then like in the third act it just completely kicks up the 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 music the the backing tracks and I'm like oh to have what you, end? have you been invested in this characters now? Now we can add music. Wahoo. Yeah. It's it's a, yeah, that that's that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so the spaceship happens, and the the kid get, John John Office Man almost managed to save him, and but unfortunately the kid gets got by a dead space monster, yeah. and this I fucking hate this. This made me so got like this this is the sh- this right here told me right away. Oh, John Office Man just said, "Yeah, I can make a horror movie. What's so hard about it?" And just made this mm. because They're you get it so quickly. They 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 show it so quickly here. They like and. It, Granted, I in it, darker lighting, this would not have been a big an issue. But you just get like a full, like uninterrupted two second shot—not uninterrupted, but you get like a full eyeful of what this monster looks like as it eats John Office Man's kid. And then it cuts to a better shot of like from like the camera is placed like right behind John Office Man's kid, um, and then it gets like swiped off screen by the monster. And then you see John's reaction. And I think that would have been a way better instead of like. Because what they do is they have John Officeman like running down the bridge, and then it cuts to the side of John Officeman's kids. You can see like the creature mid-flight, like about to land on the kid and eat him. And then we cut behind the kid and just watch it like get watch him get snatched away. And John yeah, Officeman they, they showed the distraught. money shot way too early in the, in this. And they this keep scene. showing the money shot. Like they are not scared to show you this monster at all. Like they're not trying to hide it with lighting or whatsoever. Like and it's ta- like these scenes that are happening are so many of them are taking place at night, but like, the monster is so well lit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like John Officeman was like, oh gotta make sure that y'all see this. This is cause you know the monster's scariest when you can see it, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. When, anyway, when it isn't living in the background of your you know imagination and you can't invent whatever the scariest thing is. Yeah. Um and then uh we so then we 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 skip to like day four hundred and something, right? Like day four seventy two, yeah. And we see a very gregnant uh, Emily Blunt and So like that that's the thing is that that kind of threw me about I so I watched it uh on like just to, to know what was coming and then I watched it for notes. Uh and 
so I thought, you know, I, I saw her in this shot and she seemed like yeah, five, six months pregnant. Um, and then you know, later in the, in the movie, it turns out that she's uh, three weeks from her due date because uh, like and, and and she yeah, she does not look she, she she's pregnant in her uterus alone. It does not like go to her face or her arms or her hips or anything like that. It, right. It's it, a belly centric pregnancy. And the thing, so. the thing that like the thing that made me insane about this is that like. Wh- why are you like. They want to replace the child that they lost, I guess, is their motivation. But why would you bring another fucking child into this world? Like, why? Why like, bring an, an infant into the into this right, world? Like, 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 like crying like, and just like it's yeah. it's it. I I in in the in the wiki the 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 um it talks about like you know themes in production like uh that, that kind of thing uh and some priest read it as a very pro-life movie because of this like why why they would choose to have a kid in the middle of a you know quiet apocalypse and like it's not a terrible reading because why on earth would you do that right like yeah and then like they uh they like have... do they think that they have to repopulate the earth like what yeah, and so so that there was something that that happened right at the beginning that that also like seemed to kind of be foreshadowing that I didn't think was really paid off. Where um, Jim Office goes to the top of his um, grain silo and uh, lights a fire, and then the the camera pans to the um, you know the forest of upstate New York where this was filmed and sees you know a bunch of other signal fires, and uh, you know oh it's the humanity isn't all entirely dead that's great um and then and then there's you know i'll skip ahead is the there's another scene where they light fire at the top of the the um the silo and yeah they don't get any uh fires to respond to them which i thought first time through the movie that um that you know implied that a lot of time passed and oh no the other farms died but it actually turns out that the next time skip is to the next day. So th- this is 472. The next day is 473. And then everything else happens on day 473, which confused me. Oh, this movie is a mess. Yeah. I, it feels so weird to say because like so much of the, so much of the drama of this movie hinges on like the, the, the monsters that take you when you make noise, mm-hmm. but this should have been a this should not have been a horror movie. This should have been a drama, mm-hmm. and like and John Officeman just really feels like he's trying to straddle both so that he could get mm-hmm. like the publicity of being like, oh, the Office Man. He made a horror movie also, mm-hmm. and it's it's because like I honestly think like the drama in this movie is like good. I don't like John Office Man, but I think the way that he like is is I think the way that he and Emily Blunt are around their kids in this movie is mm-hmm. genuinely like affecting like. Yeah, it's... they they do good terror expressions of do not make a noise, and the, the tension that the movie builds in a couple of places is yeah, like very in, in, like gripping. Um, right. But but making it a horror movie, like a monster movie, uh, out of that is, I think, yeah, going like, going a little too far with it. I think it would be a hell of a thing to do to make a drama movie, a, to make a monster movie that's not a horror, mm. but, like, you can do it. I mm. think you could do it. Like, I, 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 maybe you don't even, let's, like, make it not a horror movie. You just make it, like, less of a horror movie than this one. Less of a mm-hmm. horror movie slash kind of Jurassic Park-esque than this one is. Yeah. 
And yeah. I don't, I, I, yeah, obviously I don't, obviously I like Jurassic Park, but like, there mm-hmm. just, it feels like there are beats in this that are just like taken from Jurassic Park that just do not feel well done when transplanted into this. But anyway, it's like halfway between alien and aliens in as far as like the, the genre yes. is concerned yes. and it's stuck between the two in a kind of, uh, uncomfortable and unfortunate way. Right. But anyways, like I, I, I just cannot like the, yeah. And so, so one of the other, like I, I, I felt bad CinemaSins dinging it again, but you know the the, um, the there's shots with um, you know the the lights turn on and wait how do you have electricity um, isn't like do you have a generator isn't that making noise what's the like th- there there's a like there's a hole there I don't I don't quite get that one the thing. <sighs> The, the one thing that I think this movie has going for it is, like, some of the world building that's happening. Like, mm-hmm. I think that, like, the next scene that, the next scene that we get is is the the two surviving children, son mm-hmm. and daughter. They're playing uh, Quiet Monopoly, which is Monopoly with, uh, they can only roll the dice on the carpet. And instead of, like, the, the pewter pieces, they have, like, like things that will not, felt, not yeah. make noise. Like, yeah, like, little felt squares and stuff. Yeah. And, and that, that foley apparently was recorded on set. They uh, they just amplified it in, in post, but that the, the dice rolling noises um, were was done on set, which I found kind of interesting. Yeah, um, they knock over a fire, but it's fine mostly. Uh, well, they knock over a lantern to make a fire happen. Yeah, and I thought um, the fire was going to be the issue, but no, actually, it was the lantern going and uh, yeah. thud. And um, then. <sighs> The, my next note is that they killed the chungy raccoon, which is just a reference to there's a, uh, a an outside shot of like two raccoons walking down a path, one much fatter than the other. And then mm-hmm. a big monster hand comes and grabs the fatter raccoon. Just and eats absolutely it. squooshed it. Yeah. When we said um, there's a good uh, scene in like the basement of the house zone that they are existing in that comes mm-hmm. a little bit in, in a little bit. Um, I'm jumping around a little bit. Yeah, and I apologize for that. Um, if there's anything I, I'm skipping over, let me know and we can mm-hmm. jump back. Um, the one of like my act, the scenes in this movie that I actually just like no qualms liked was mm-hmm. the scene when uh, uh, Emily Blunt and Jim Officeman go down to the basement, mm-hmm. and like uh, Emily Blunt like is listening to Emily Blunt has her AirPods in and she's mm-hmm. listening to music and like she just starts dancing with John Officeman and she puts an earbud in his ear and like this is the one time I think the music playing in a non-diegetic fashion works for me in this movie cuz like because you know, it is diegetic they're they're listening to it live, right it's just live am- in the moment yeah right it's just amplified so that we can hear what is being pumped into their eardrums so I right. you know that's the one I think if that had been the one moment with music in this movie I would have been happy but, Donkey Kong, you can hear, have music once. And the thing is that, like, this, the, the presence of this scene makes the non-diegetic music that we get later so much more strange to me. Because, like, we have not had any music up until this point, as far, uh, to my recollection. And this is, like, the first time we hear music, and there's, like, a build-up to it. Because, like, we hear, like, the little, like, the tinny sound that you always hear if someone's listening to music really loudly on their headphones. Mm-hmm. And then, like, John, John Officeman gets closer, and she puts the head, the earbud in his ear, and, like, the music, like, expands opens up and we start hearing it mm-hmm. and like i think that i genuinely think that's good and then yeah. it just like later on in the more dramatic scenes in the third act we just have like violins and shit going but yeah i i feel like i i half remember uh, uh dramatic violins when jim office is trying to save sun too but i could be wrong about that uh i can i can check that real quick actually because I, I as i was saying that sentence out loud i i my period my curiosity was peaked mm-hmm 
Um, that's like the only uh, moment that I could think of being being an exception to that because yeah, it's you know, crickets and uh, you know, soft softly placing objects down, but otherwise, right. it's, you know, a pretty quiet movie up to this point. Oh yeah, there are there are violins when John Office Man has to try and run and save his son. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like to your point about like them doing the money shot real early, like that's what five minutes in, and they've ten minutes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... Yeah. Um, John Office Man goes upstairs, and we see we experience uh, Chekhov's nail when mm-hmm. Emily Blunt is doing laundry because she like rips her dress on a nail that's sticking out of the wood. And uh, shouts out to friend of the pot, friend, shouts out to the friend of the me Moose for uh, giving me a heads up about that nail coming back into play because I can't watch foot injury. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely yeah I saw that coming and knew to close my eyes because just gore in that particular like intimate way is not. Yeah, I, I when I was watching the the movie The Martian, which is not a horror movie, there's a point where um, there's an abdominal injury and he staples it closed, and I very much grayed out in the theater. And Ooh. yeah, I had to, I had to very, like, I had to close my eyes until, or, you know, hold my hand above, uh, in front of the screen before, mm-hmm. or until, until uh, the foot stuff was, was done happening. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to, you know, shouts out to Moose for looking up that scene and making sure, to make sure to warn me exactly when it happened. At Emily mm-hmm. Hammersley, uh, H-A-M-M-E-R-S-L-E-Y. Follow him. Good art. Yeah. Uh... So they're out on like an expedition, I guess. Yeah. So the the, the um the, there's weird a, a weird scene that I don't like understand character wise, um, where uh the where Jim Office and Son are going to collect fish from a bunch of traps in a river, um, and daughter wants to go and like obviously needs to bond with her father like there was a scene earlier where like oh it's dinner time go get your father and she's like no i don't want to and then mom is like go go get your father i know that you have you know a normal father-daughter relationship with him but you like so so they they need the bonding time but like man has to go collect food woman has to go collect you know take care of pregnant woman uh which i didn't you know, didn't understand the character of that, but whatever. Yeah. But so we're we're off in the woods like foraging, and then they come across like some old dude who looks really sad and distraught, and I think his wife died. Well, yeah. Um, so so, so ba- backing up a little bit, um, uh, be- before um, tense uh, scene, I, I also wanted to mention this. Um, Jim Office gives uh, his daughter an upgraded cochlear implant, and she's like, "No, I don't want to keep trying this. It's not going to work." Uh, fuck you for trying, um, and then so so then they they go off to to you know on, on their merry ways. Um, and the thing and, is, the thing the thing is that like it's it's it doesn't feel like it is a dad stop trying to cure this thing that is a part of me and mm-hmm. like like again I keep coming back to like the thing that like the thing that like the rest of the, the rest of the family feels constantly in pursuit of the ability to talk with their words to each other mm-hmm. and. And they, in pursuing that, John Office Man, who I don't know what his job was before this all happened, but John General Office Man, survivalist apparently, yeah, <laughs> yeah, trying to like build a new cochlear implant for his daughter to make her hear better, and like she is resistant to it. But I feel like we're not like being let into why, and I feel like if like the, 
I, I don't know. I just, again, feel like there was so much that was left on the table with regards to this character. Like... Yeah, there, there's like the implied, like, oh, it's been going on for a year and a half and, you know, it hasn't worked at any point previously, so why would it work now? But that's not ever explicitly right. stated. It just, it, just, it just feels like a dad, stop devoting your time and effort to this. It's not a... It doesn't feel like from a point of this character's personal agency being like, hey... I don't want to feel like I'm going to get left behind if we reach a point where we can, where like the, the noise monsters are not an issue anymore. Like Mm -hmm. I, I I think there could be like a, I know this is just like rewriting this entire movie at this point, but I feel like there could have been like some real significant analysis to this character being like, yeah, it fucking sucks. Obviously that there are noise monsters and they killed my brother, but I'm also like, like in my heart of hearts, I am like secretly grateful now that like, everyone kind of knows what it's like to live the way that I do mm-hmm. and or not like, like knows yeah, what it's the, like. The, that's not the, that's not the right way I'm phrasing it, but like, like maybe like, a, I, I don't know, like a part of her deep down. That's like, I like the fact that my family now has to use sign language at all times. And I'm worried about returning to quote unquote normal life and them not doing that and them not being as vigilant about it anymore as they have been. Right. Yeah. The, the, the only you know, like kind of uh, in character explanation that kind of makes sense to me would be that she's guilty about what happened to her brother and, you know, is, is rejecting any, um, you know, a, attempts at affection and, uh, and a, a, attempts to help her just because she's guilty and doesn't think she deserves it. Mm-hmm. But but again, not not stated and not stated as specifically the conflict between her and her father. But so yeah, so so son and uh, and Jim office are at the river uh, explaining the whole idea of if there's a louder noise, then it covers up smaller noises, and you can have a conversation when there's a loud noise happening. Uh, they have a conversation about you know how absolutely everyone in this family blames her, themselves for um, the the son dying and how uh, there's this exchange like, do you love her? Of course you should tell her the story of all father child relationships, I guess. Right. He is just such a sad fucking dad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But so, yeah. So then, then once they're coming back from the, the um, fish adventure, um, the uh, old man emerges in an extremely normal way from the woods um, and yeah, his, his wife is disemboweled on the ground and he does suicide by monster by yelling. Um, and, and that's, you know, the, the son is, you know, traumatized by seeing a, a dead body again and, and hearing someone get killed again because that's the second time in this film that that's happened. Um, yeah. We, we go back to, uh, 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 Emily Blunt in the house and her water breaks. And this is the point that I realize the next 20 minutes of this movie are going to be fucking awful. Yeah. I, I frankly hated this. I, it, I, 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 in terms I, of like gore stuff or in terms not of gore like, stuff. No, mm-hmm. like I think it's just like, I think it just feels like hack shit. Like mm. I, 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 I'm having a hard time putting because because so what happens is Emily Blunt is she she is she is big pregnant she's her water breaks she has to have the baby but John Office Man and baby little baby boy are not there to like set off the fireworks that they need to use so that she can scream while she is while she is popping out a baby, um, 
She goes and, downstairs to to turn on the red emergency lights that uh, should indicate this, uh, and has the foot thing happen. Um, yes, it, I, I didn't expect it to pay off that quickly. Like it was like three scenes ago that 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 Chekhov's gun was placed. Uh, right. And, Got got used. Well, honestly, I I was happy to have that one out of the way. Just like oh, just, absolutely, just be done over with. It did absolutely. that. It being it being redeployed so early did make me really worried that someone else was going to step on it later. Oh, same. Yeah, like uh, every time that someone traversed that stairway, I was like, uh, 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 and and then you know, thank goodness, no one else got yeah. injured by it. But but so she she just spends the next like she just gets into a bathtub and then spends a long time just like trying to hold the baby in and like. Trying not to scream, yeah. Yeah, trying not to scream. And then John Office Man and the boy and the, the daughter set off the fireworks. And then she starts screaming. And I just like, I... Well, yeah, so, so daughter um, was supposed to be back at the farmhouse. And she, you know, went away to do some teenage rebellion and honor her um, dead brother by putting the little rocket ship at his um, grave site, which is the point that he got got. The, the, the place on the bridge where he got got. So... Right. She, you know, she sees the fireworks going off and like, oh, no, there's something happening back at the at the farm. And she returns uh, because she's supposed to be, you know, they're, they're helping her mom. And her mom is, you know, ha- has to um, put a, a kitchen timer uh, somewhere to, to distract the monster and uh, get into the bathtub and, and try not to yell. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so then fireworks go off and Jim Office uh, makes his way through the house with a gun um, and... It ends up finding her. I, I did like the kind of subversion of the the um, image of um, the bloody handprint being like, uh, you know, usually in a in a horror movie when you have a bloody handprint against the glass that indicates that someone's fucked. But in this case, um, bloody handprint against the glass means that he found his wife. So I I, I kind right. of enjoyed the subversion of that. Just right that but imagery. It, I, by the same coin, it does feel a little bit. Uh... I, I'm kind of of two minds about that because like the the red right hand is like that. I I learned recent. This is I, I I've been bringing it up a lot recently because I only just recently learned about it. But red right hand is like a classic uh, like signifier of evil, and mm. I feel like this is like I, I'm not saying that it can't be subverted. I just kind of felt like this was a subversion for the sake of a subversion. It's yeah, it's kind of a surface like, level subversion. I, not I, like I yeah, I didn't what it's indicating. Like right, on, on and again, if, again, if, again, it feels like John Krasinski said, "Yeah, I can make it. I can do a horror movie," mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and did this. I just, I kind of want to talk about her, like her having a, her like giving birth being a major, like action climax of this thing. I, I just like. I'm not saying that this could that this couldn't have been in the movie. I just didn't like it being turned into like a watch Emily Blunt's face contort in pain as she as she just like holds back the biggest turd of her life, <laughs> uh, as she like prairie dogs her way into the basement, and yeah. like pray that she can hold on long enough for John Office Man to set off the fireworks. I just like it turned into like an action movie. It, it was of? very much yeah, like a, a thriller or a, a, a like attention kind it of just, related. It just felt so. And again, I just feel like this movie cannot figure out what it wants to be. Like this felt yeah. like very like with the kids and the adults both doing the action things. This felt kind of like this. This felt a bit Jurassic Parky, especially with the way that like the kids are separated from the adults and have to like mm-hmm. fend on their own for a while. Yeah. 
Um, but like it being like immediately juxtaposed with the scenes of with like the fucking aliens horror scene of like the the monster sticking its face right next to Emily Blunt's face and her not making a sound. Yeah. And then all of that in service of just her popping out a baby. It. Mm-hmm. It felt. I don't know. I just I just kind of fucking hated it, honestly. Mm. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm having a really hard time putting into words exactly why, but it just felt like some... It, it just didn't feel good. It felt like a different part, or a part of a movie of a different genre, that's And that's it also sure. it also felt like a climax. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it felt like the, the... Like, there's this shot that I'm thinking of, which is like, you see, like, the... You see little baby boy running, like, uh, as he like tries to like get to a safe spot as all the fireworks are going off and it feels like the climax of the movie mm-hmm. and then you realize that there's still 30 minutes left because yeah. there's this you have to set up you have to solve the problem you can't just like survive the problem mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I mean I know that like a lot of horror movies a lot of zombie and other monster movies do end with you solving the problem mm-hmm. but like we don't have to I, I I feel like if this movie didn't set out to like solve and murder the alien, the 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 monster. Whatever. Sorry, sorry, I, sorry. I keep tripping over my words. I'm just like I, I'm kind of like I feel like I'm circling a point, and this is all coming back to the complete underutilization of the deaf child as a character, as a yeah. deaf person, where it's like this. This entire thing feels in service of. Like, like again, this entire thing is in service of her being able to like. I mean, granted, it's a like a physical reaction of a verbal. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's a verbal expression via physical reaction due to pain. Mm-hmm. But I, shit, I just completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> God damn it! That's no, all right. It's it, like yeah, it's it's kind of yeah. The, the thing that you were saying before about it, her being kind of a, a tool to achieve the means to the end rather than like any anything more than that, right? Um, yeah. Like, like, okay, okay. I remember, I remember where I was going with all that. So, like, the fact that they feel like they need to like kill the monster and figure out like a solution in this movie again feels like if they hadn't included that, I would not be so up in arms about this daughter not about this daughter's like deafness not really being a part of her character except for like as a mechanical function and not as a and it, it just does not feel built into her character like mm. the fact that they're all trying to solve this problem and go back to the way things were and this daughter who the, the daughter is just like not being considered in this and like obviously she pro- i mean i would bet good money that she does not like like these monsters mm-hmm. but i feel like there is so much just being left on the table with regards to her being like hey um are I feel we this way still- about my deafness and right or like or like with society and how right. society is different now yeah, just being like, hey, um, so like, I don't want the, I don't want these guys around, but like, if we get everything back to normal, are you guys gonna like, are you guys still gonna be signing to each other? Like, am mm-hmm. I still gonna have to ask you to repeat things if you're having a conversation with each other? Like, it's mm-hmm. it's, and I don't know, maybe maybe I maybe I'm missing something. I just I. No, I think that this yeah. this could have been the climax of the movie, and then like, and then like. Or maybe even, like, the next couple of scenes could have been the... Cl- well, okay. So, I'm getting so, ahead of myself. So, so the, the kids are... You Onto know, us, on a baby own. is bort. Yes. Um, and then goes in- immediately into a uh, uh, padded box like he's Moses and, you know, trying to hide him from, you know, from getting getting caught. Um, 
and and then the 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 kids are you know making their way back uh and we we get the first moment of the the question of like what is the weakness of these you know giant armored uh hypersensitively hearing things where um daughter's cochlear implant starts giving her feedback um and and again like it, it's it's one of those you know well-constructed mechanically good shots that um you know well put together that would have gone gone well in a different movie where you know she's you know ha dealing with this feedback in her ear and the monster is emerging emerging out of the cornfield right behind her and the like dramatic irony of that shot is really good and 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 then you know it, it goes away when when the once the high-pitched noise stops right happening. the feedback from her hearing aid starts happening and like the the and this is another thing that made me really fucking mad about john, john again another check another like entry in my evidence list of john krasinski just saying yeah i can make a monster movie like <laughs> he zooms in super duper close on the monster like i i have a more intimate knowledge of this monster than i have of most monsters in monster movies like i like, i know more about what this monster's ear looks like than my own butthole frankly <laughs> it does kind of look like a butthole though doesn't it it, it kind of does it's like it's very, got a sphincter it's it's yeah i mean that's what ears look like but it yeah yeah it's it's it just it, it spends so much time zooming in and it so, goes like, to the, a macro shot yeah right it like gets so up close like for like it does that like three times like and this is again a shot at night. Like the mm -hmm. the monster is again so fucking well lit. This mm -hmm. is not trying to be a horror movie, except for the fact that it's like the the reason that this is a horror movie is because is sort of like out of necessity, I guess. Like if you would if they had actually like tried, they could have made actually scary moments aside mm -hmm. from just uh oh it's quiet for a while then bang oh yeah. no you you're so scared oh yeah. um like it it just feels. Yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's it, it's a good you know well constructed scenes in in a movie that can't quite carry it. It's like every if you, this movie is so so much less than the sum of its parts. Yeah, like I think that the world building in this is great. I think the acting is really good, especially out of these kids. These kids are turning mm -hmm. in a great performance. Very good I, child actors. Yeah, I I like the the the. My the the usage of it, I have my problems, but like the soundtrack itself, like if I were to just listen to it, I would think it would be, I would think it was like pretty okay. Like it was, kind, it was pretty sparing, like all all things considered. It, it right, I'm why, I'm bitching about it a lot, but it is not there very much. The the uh, the like cinematography is like serviceable, but like everything together just like feels so. Like it just feels weak. Like it just yeah. feels like it can't. It just feels like I'm like. It feels like you're. It feels like he took like five separate Lego pieces and tried to build the the Millennium Falcon out of it. Like mm -hmm. he just like took five separate race car pieces and built the Fal Millennium Falcon out of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in any case, um, they're 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 trying to reunite as a family. Uh, they yeah. They, you know, well, it's a boy. It's a boy. They they said uh, they said. <laughs> they said we're going to give our baby gender in this society <laughs> we are yeah. going to gender our child uh but the, and they put the baby in a box yeah yeah and and uh jim office and emily blunt have a uh conversation about you know oh oh my god where are they uh i i you the the kids aren't there and then it becomes a metaphor for the other kid that isn't there um and she blames herself for that and um and and he goes out to to find to find them, she says, um, 
uh, da, 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 uh, if who are we if we can't protect them? Like looking directly into the lens, yeah, um, of, of the the camera. Like, what what is what is the message of this final act going to be? I wonder. And she says, "Promise me, Ned." Yeah. Uh it's it's. Ugh. Yeah. So, Again, so, like Emily Blunt is turning in a good performance here. Like I, I was getting a little bit misty eyed at this scene. Like I think she is doing a good job in this movie, but it just adds up to, it just feels in service of like, not much. Like it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that I keep just like talking in sentence fragments and then ending them with a, because that's just how this movie makes me feel though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So. so- Kids are trying to have, have found one another. She, uh, the daughter finds the, the dropped flashlight from Sun in the middle of the cornfield. Um, they go up to the, the grain silo and light a fire on top of it um, yep. to try to, to get, get his attention. Uh, and she's like, he's, he's abandoned me. And he's like, no. And then he falls in, um, in into, the, into the silo. And the, there's an incredibly funny to me moment in the... Um, the Wikipedia page uh, where it uh, it like the the Wikipedia editor was doing a CinemaSins ding where uh, where he where it specifically um, uh, links uh, the, I'll, I'll just read the sentence Regan who has jumped in after her uh, after Marcus uh, sinks into the corn and nearly suffocates but Marcus saves her so spoilers I guess um, but um, the, the the sinks into the corn and nearly suffocates uh, links to the um, the Wikipedia page about grain, grain entrapment. entrapment. Yeah, yep. and and talks of like, uh, you, you you it talks about in this in, in this Wikipedia article about how impossible it is to free yourself from grain entrapment once you're you know waist deep and these kids go like neck deep or further into the <laughs> into the grain and it it felt very much like that that Wikipedia yeah. author being like um actually it wouldn't work that way right. Uh, which cracked me up. Just Suffocate, nothing about su- the movie, but suffocating in grain is a hell of a way to go. Oh yeah, I, I would not wish that upon someone. But... I would have I I would have really liked it if they'd managed to get the monster to get to like get fucked by the grain there, because like the I. Like, the thing is, if this is, like, the fucking, the, the Jurassic Park, the kids holding, like, the plexiglass window, all the mm-hmm. T-Rex tries to eat them through it, and then, like, the monster just, like, sinks into the grain as it's trying to get them, mm-hmm. I would, and that's how the movie ends, because there's a really good emotional end to this movie, after, right, just about right after this scene, when John Officeman reunites with the kids. Mm-hmm. I would have been happy with the movie ending like that. Yeah. But the monster manages to get away after Regan's cochlear implant scares it again. Yeah. Uh Regan daughter uh Yeah. Uh and then they they get they they get out of grain hole and uh they're Reunite like with that and Yeah, and, and I, I and I'm saying to myself this movie could have ended here and it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. That would have been that would have been a fine end to the movie. Yeah. But and it then, doesn't. And then they hear clicking and Jim office gets uh incredibly hit by by the monster, uh, son yells, and so now the monster is attacking son uh, and daughter while they're in the truck. 
Yes, and this is another one. Of, this is another one of the things where, like, it's. I, I talked about this earlier, and this is like the one of the most uh, uh, garish versions of this because some of the other times when it is like we get the POV of the 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 of the deaf daughter, uh, like we get we get her POV, and then like uh, there's no sound, and then it'll cut, and then there might be sound, but like this time we have no sound. We are staring out the side window of the car. Well, yeah, so, so the, the feed, feedback starts like building up, and she she turns her cochlear implant off, and so then sound cuts completely, and then yes. And then she turns towards the she turns towards the window and she sees like the monster charging it. And then as soon as the we, we do not get a cut, the monster breaks through the glass and suddenly we hear glass shattering and there's sound again. And it is it, they don't commit to it. Yeah, it, right. They they do not commit to the fucking bit. The thing is, I am so endeared to this movie immediately because it has a gimmick. I love horror movies with a gimmick. Like this mm-hmm. is why Unfriended, despite being a garbage ass movie, is still like one of my f- not one of my favorites, but like I have a lot of love in my heart for that movie because of the fact that it entirely takes place on a computer screen through a mm-hmm. Skype call. Like if. And, like, they just do not commit to their gimmick. If you're not going to fucking commit, why are you doing a gimmick in the first place? Yeah, yeah, because the, the glass shatters and then the music starts swelling and um, the and Jim Office uh, tells his daughter finally that he, he loves her and sacrifices right. himself it's, by it's, it's, yelling. It's but... a really good... The, the, the scene that follows here is genuinely good, but the the... So what happens is Jim Office, like with all of the, with all of the emotion that he can muster, he like signs "I love you" so much to like, his. I've always children. loved you, yeah. right? And it's a genuinely tender moment, and then it's kind of. Uh, I don't know how they could have made that this not be undercut, but the way that it just ends with Jim Office being like like pretend that you can see me signing the words I love you right now like I love you I've always loved you and then, ah! <laughs> yeah it, it's just it, really funny it, yeah and he's like making making an expression that belies the fact that he's just going ah uh. it's it's it it's goofy. It, he gets it, he gets killed and then the 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 children make their way back to the to the bunker yeah, they, they they shift the the car into neutral and just kind of coast downhill down back yep. to the the farmhouse. And they make uh, it back and they reunite with Emily Blunt. And again, could have been the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. But they but and but then we wouldn't get this incredible wall of uh, newspapers, which I I have screen capped and I am going to share with you. Hold on. Oh God. Yeah, it's like th- that basement seems to me like it, it it's like the the raving uh like scribblings on a chalkboard of just the world's dumbest man right it's it's a consp- it's a conspiracy mood it's it's a fucking pepe silvia mood board but it's the, the the thing i actually pulled up uh the thing i just sent you yeah, uh yeah. is a wall a, a corkboard full of news clippings that i just thought were really funny for example we have one that's like uh, it does not have a thing on top of it uh uh, uh, it says indestructible defense secretary, not bullets, not bombs. Armor is impenetrable. And like, I, yeah, we got it. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cinema sins this movie, but like the military loves to use like high pitched sounds to, to regularly disrupt protesters. Like the national guard has those, uh, those uh, microwave. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not an L rad. Is it? I think, I yeah, think that's what it, okay. Yeah. Like I was thinking M rap, but no, that's are, the big are you telling me that they did not 
jump at the opportunity to try and blast a, a hypersensitive, uh, an alien with hypersensitive hearing with that. Yeah, that, 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 I didn't quite understand that. And like, there's like, just in society, there's things that make high-pitched noises all the time. You'd think that like, someone else would have discovered that. Does no one like, else have a cochlear implant? Like, is Jim Office Man's just so uniquely poorly built that he, that it's, it's like, lethal? Like, yeah. like if, if Daughter had kept the original cochlear implant, would she have been, like, just absolutely eaten up by that monster that one time? Yeah, is, is this the first time that they've had a close encounter with the monster so that this is the first time that this has happened? I, yeah. Um, I, I'm also losing it at the, the one in the middle that's the Washington Post, the final edition. And the headline <laughs> is, President asks for, quote, quiet fortitude. Yeah, that's that seems presidential. And then right underneath it, New York Post, it's sound. Like, yeah. It's... It's just so very, very unsubtle as the... Pre- hold on, hold on. Sorry, I just zoomed in on the image. Pre- the, the full headline is, President asks for quiet fortitude in final State of the Union address. This is the last one. <laughs> this is the, the last one. It's the last call it. for alcohol. Go ahead and do your speeches. I know who I want to take me home. Um, yeah, it's... And, and yeah, as, as, as daughter looks at this because she, she was banned from going down in the basement early in the movie. Um, and so as she, you know, looks at this wall full of newspapers as though it's like the Pulp Fiction briefcase, um, discovering that, oh, actually my dad was working hard to try to fix my cochlear implant. And that means that he loves me the whole time. It's yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, the 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 last part of this movie is Emily Blunt and uh, daughters. Sh- where, where is the son for this scene? I actually um, don't. Yeah, so he, he they, they all go downstairs into the basement and all manage to avoid the yucky foot nail. Um, and like he, the son is is holding newborn um, and sitting in you know one corner of the of the basement as um, you know daughter and uh, and Emily Blunt. Um, you know, are, are up near the, the wall of, you know, radios and technology and, and newspaper clippings. Um, and they, they hear the, the monster walking around upstairs and it ends up stalking its way uh, downstairs to, to find them. Yeah. Um, and then we get, like, this This scene is just fucking, like, this scene just made me fucking mad. Like, I think the daughter's character is, like, I... There's a lot left on the table, but I think that for the most part, the daughter's, like, deafness is handled relatively well. Mm -hmm. Except for this last scene when she just has to sit there for a fucking minute with the cochlear implant, like, microwaving her brain with it sitting on the side of her head. And then she just, like, she just sits there, like, with her head clamped on the side of her pain, like, Magneto is, like, entering her mind unwillingly. And then she just, like, takes it off and is like, oh, and, I'm going to do this the And holds it up to time. a microphone, yeah. And, and then it makes the, the high-pitched noise loud and kills the monster, or at least... Um, well, it, it it makes all of like the 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 clicker fungus from uh, from the Last of Us like it makes all of them stand up, which leaves Emily Blunt an opening to blast the thing's head off with a shotgun. Yeah, and the end of this movie is like so, they look. Yeah, I I, I was the end of this know, movie fucking surprised. sucked. This the I, end I was of this very movie surprised is by that fucking scene where, dog shit. Where like 
it it feel it felt like very you know out of left field where um, Emily Blunt like goes and and you know collects some documentation that she um, you know lived in a location for a while and you know go, goes to the courthouse. It's a, like fifteen minutes and it goes on. She changes her name and you see at the end of it it just says Epically Blunt and I just thought <laughs> that that undercut you know everything that it was going for. It just that it, is she, basically she what the, so the end, of the, the end of this movie is like we we see like video camera footage of like the some more of the monsters like running. I can't tell if it's like towards or away from their place, but like I, I think towards because of the big shotgun noise and yeah. Uh, so they're 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 heading towards the place because they just heard all that feedback from the cochlear implant on the microphone and the shotgun exploding. And so the daughter looks back at Emily Blunt and Emily Blunt cocks the shotgun and the movie ends. And I'm. It, Fucking yeah. awful. Ending Absolute dog shit ending to this movie. This movie had so many good fucking off-ramps where it could have actually ended. And it ends with the fucking of a shotgun? Are you... Yeah. Like, listen, listen. I am... Listen, I am a dyke. I love to see Emily Blunt with a shotgun. Yeah. I cannot believe you're making me complain about seeing Emily Blunt with a shotgun. Like... But, but there's another movie where she does a shotgun better and it's called Edge of Tomorrow. Or Die, Live, Die, Repeat or whatever that, that movie is called. Yes. It's... Yeah. God. Yeah. This movie, this movie is just a fucking mess. It feels like... It feels like John... It feels like... It feels like John Krasinski really set out to like... He... I feel like he had the script for a drama and then someone told him to like punch it up and like make it a horror movie. And so he did, but he also kind of made it like Jurassic Park. And like, I like all of these things. Like I love Jurassic Park. Like the scenes in Jurassic Park when like the kids are like, when the kids are like hiding from the Velociraptor, that shit fucking rules. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, we, as this po- podcast started, I, I went into this movie kind of less, less critical of it, and and uh, went went through the movie without, you know, quite quite as many, uh, you know, qualms with the the themes and uh, pacing and and the genre and all the rest. I, I totally understand what you're saying now because this last scene, I was like, oh, this isn't a serious movie. Okay, I get it. The thing, and the thing about the end of this movie is that like the. <sighs> Honestly, like, I think the end of this movie sucks, even if you get rid of Emily Blunt cocking the shotgun. But, like, Mm -hmm. I think if they had just let this movie fucking end in silence... That would have been good. Like, like, yeah. em, like, I, 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 I hate this ending, but like, you know, they, she, you know, daughter slams the cochlear implant on the microphone. The alien, the alien's head goes because it can't handle like the sound, mm-hmm. and then Emily Blunt blows its head off, and then we just sit there in silence after that. I yeah. think that would have been a much better end to this movie instead of instead like instead of violence, instead of, swell, and epic shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> instead, instead of daughter looking at Emily Blunt and saying they're fucking our pussies, and Emily Blunt <laughs> saying now you're talking my language. God, God. So, on a scale of zero to five homemade Monopoly pieces, how many homemade Monopoly pieces are you going to give this movie? Um, I'd say a solid three because I my time didn't feel wasted. Um, but it and and the the scenes that were well well constructed were well constructed and functioned on their own rights it just kind of fell apart the thing is that like i like i said i said this earlier but like i have seen worse movies on this podcast like this Mm -hmm. movie had at the very least a competent person behind most of the things i just felt like there was so 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 much left on the table that by this movie that like i 
I just felt so disappointed by it. Like, I, mm-hmm. I think the lowest I'm, I, I'm going to go for like maybe a two homemade monopoly pieces here. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I think any lower would be just like disingenuous. Like yeah. I, cause there were parts of this movie that I did actually like. And when this movie is like actually firing on all cylinders, it's good. But the thing mm-hmm. is that like, it's almost never firing on all of those cylinders. There's just so much being left on the table and it just yeah. made me so fucking mad. And it was a very hyped movie, and so to, yes, to have yes, it be, yes. Like, end up like this. Like is, is th- pretty this, this movie came out in was this 2018 or 2019? 2018, I think. I felt like this movie came up in the same conversations as Hereditary, mm-hmm. and looking back, that's making me really mad because I I don't think Hereditary is like a perfect movie, but I think it has so much more cohesion than this movie did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it felt like not a waste of my time, but. Not something that I would, you know, right. I'm recommend not coming, to other people. Like, I'm not coming back to this. And again, yeah. I, I, I'm not going back to Hereditary either, but that's for a completely different reason. Yeah. Because that movie is just upsetting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I don't think we... Yeah, we don't have any questions this week, so we can just go straight into recommendations. Okay. Yeah, it's, I mean, recommendations is an interesting one. I've, I've just kind of been enjoying... Um, so I spent, you know, most of my teenage years... Uh, being one of those uh, nerds that uh, holds his nose at any mention of sports ball and refers to sports in those terms. Um, But then I discovered that Formula One racing is a thing, and apparently that tickles the um, same part of my brain uh, that that, uh, a a typical guy might get tickled by or whatever. Um, And so this this morning was the, the second race of the... Of the season, so I've been uh, enjoying uh, watching watching that, and uh, in between uh, seasons of or, you know races in the in the in the season, uh, I've been watching the um, Netflix uh, drama documentary thing, uh, Drive to Survive, um, which you know interviews all the all the drivers and and makes makes drama out of it all. Nice. Uh, my recommendation this week is going to be. Uh, you know what it is. It's the brand new season of anime. We got all these new shows. And so my recommendation this week is going to be a new show I've been really liking. It's called Friends of the Table Season six, 5, 6? Part, not Partizan. Um, uh, San Fiel. Oh. Oh, got, you with the, got you with the bait and switch. Just kidding. I'm not talking about anime this week. <laughs> Next week, though. Next week, though, I'll, you'll, you'll get some recommendations. San Fiel is really good. I, yeah, I, I, I one season away from I haven't, haven't quite caught up yet, but... Yeah, I'm also one episode behind. Um, I... I say this, I've said this, like, every time for the last, like, I said this for, um, not, not Bluff City, what was the, uh, Twilight, I said this for Twilight Mirage, I said this for Partizan, and I'm saying it again for San Fiel, uh, this is the season that I get into Friends of the Table, but okay. I, I feel like I am actually stick. my brain is actually, like, sticking to San Fiel in a way that it didn't with Partizan, and... Listen, whether, listen, you can make your own decisions about whether or not that is affected by there being a little copybara guy, a a, a fat titties vampire, and a large goat woman. We can argue all day about whether or not I'm being influenced by my furry and horny aspects, but let's leave that at the door. It's also just really good, and I... I have not really sunk my teeth into an actual... Well, no, that's not true. Eidolon playtest, I also sunk my teeth into, but, like, it's nice to enjoy actual play podcasts mm-hmm. when the only other things that I'd been listening to really were 
Sorry to sorry about the sorry to the adventure zone, but the adventure zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't play test also very good, and their actual play is great. Uh, just to yeah. be clear, I'm not like slagging. I'm not like slagging on that. That's just like right, right. my only references are like Friends of the Table, uh, Eidolon, and the Adventure Zone, which right. is not a. Two of those are on one side of the spectrum of good yeah. to bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I uh, had had basically yeah same same adventure zone and like maybe one or two episodes of like Dimension Twenty or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, like the the way that uh, Austin talks about world building, the way that they talk about playing the games, the way that they like the, the in in the the partisan. Um, uh, postmortem. They they talked about like a major character death that they that they did on the show, and then they went back and undid it because it didn't feel right. And the I just like the way that they talked about that being an option is like it, it opens up the world for a lot of people, including myself. I think. Yeah, I I, I like it a lot. There's very it's many good. good things about it. It's um, good. So that's gonna do it for this week's episode of Fear Baiting. Joe, where can people, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter, uh, I believe, as the tallest Jew. Um, I don't tweet much, um, and you can find me in the HKIP Discord. Um, Patreon.com slash fearbaitings, where you can go to support this podcast, as well as uh, our sister show, The Wonder Yerks. Uh, one buck a month, uh, if we get the episodes up early, you get them early. Five bucks a month, you get your name on the podcast and a message also if you want to send one in 10 bucks a month all that plus you get to choose a movie for us to watch thank you very much to ducky aisha paul moran hmm kit spindler michael kaiser and paul bechtel thank you all so so much we are at fear baiting on twitter those are the only places really that's important to find us blair edits most of these episodes find him on twitter at blair kitsch uh seda did the incredible intro outro music for this podcast uh they are on twitter at nudity they also make music under people you meet outside of bars or you can just head to gaygothvibes.online for more information about that uh if you want to find me i'm on twitter at sunhatgenya s-u-n-h-a-t-z-h-e-n-y-a sunhatgenya uh that is oh yeah uh thank you to noispace.xyz for hosting this and so many other great podcasts like many podcasts that i do such as the wonder yerks which i previously mentioned is the sister show of this because blair and seda are on it uh henry kissinger's pokemon going to die the leftism podcast that i do uh with a bunch of my friends and special grade snacks which is a jujutsu kaisen watch along podcast uh that we finished a couple weeks ago you should go listen to it i thought pretty good um, I think that's everything. So until next time, I'm Sarah. I'm Joe. And remember, you can put a fucked up guy anywhere. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>